Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower and I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page on warn-usa.com. And you can find Warren Radio on USA.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, Pure Social, Spreely, and Linktree. And you can also go to warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com to listen to the shows and download them and send them around to your friends. And we appreciate you doing that. And you can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers. Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and leave a good comment on the shows where you heard us. And do not miss these posts on warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Sons of God, trust in Him. As the storm assails, you will make decisions based on what you trust. Sons of God, trust in Him. Our Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, to the glory of our Father and great God. Also, bowing to Baal, uncleanness. It all comes down to one thing, bowing the knee to Baal or owing allegiance to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The Conversation, End of Day A conversation in character about the end of days in America. Servant Disciples, He is not above his master. Servant Disciple, one of the common themes in the Gospel End of Days scenario is trouble worldwide. Matthew chapter 24 warns we are not to be deceived. And last but not least, American Tophet, Valley of Hinnom. The love of killing the unborn child while declaring it is declaring it is not a live human being is the Valley of Hinnom and an American Tophet. And don't miss on Warren Radio Blood Guilt. Um, the Blood Guilt series classic Warren Radio covers blood guilt from Cain to Armageddon. All of it you will find in the Bible. Be sure to go to DanaGlynSmith.com to sign up for the WIBR Warren newsletter, Warren Radio newsletter. And also visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop where we feature Christian books and other resources from our media, our Visions Media. And now I welcome in the Watchmen. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warn-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. How are you doing? Doing great. It's Thursday. It's good to be here for another part of Isaiah's prophetic book. 41. Oh, chapter 41. Yeah, we're at part 109. 109. Yeah. Yeah. And this is an important section of scripture dealing with the captivity and its upcoming warning of judgment on Judah, 
the judgment of on Judah now finished, the prophet Isaiah moves to the deliverance. I have chosen. Yep. Yeah, that's exciting. I'm waiting for deliverance, too. Are you? Yes. Yep. For America. Yeah, well. And many other countries. One day it'll get here. It will. That's all there is to it. That's what I believe, and I'm going to stick with it. Yep, me too. The Lord's in charge, no matter what happens. Yep. And he's not caught off guard by what's going on, I know that. No, that's for sure. Okay, well, let's go ahead and do this. Okay, I'll see you on the other side. And, of course, we got done with uh, chapter 40. And, of course, the last three verses of chapter 40 are absolutely... I mean... They're the three verses you want to have. So, as I read them, to get you to know where we're on, where we're at. He giveth power to the faint, to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But they, see everybody else is going to be, but they that wait upon the Lord. See, you got... See, this is the thing. When you go through troubles, and here it's extreme for Judah, but look at America today. You know, you need strength. But see, this is one of those wonderful promises. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And... uh, You know, this is supernatural. And uh, how many times have you got up and run supernaturally? But uh, nonetheless, these are good verses to hang on to. And the very next verse, verse 1, says, Keep silent before me, uh, O islands, and let the people renew their strength. Let them come near. Let them speak. Let us come near together to judgment. And... uh, You know, so the whole context here is about strength. And they broke this chapter up right between this one promise and verse 41. And when in essence, they're all connected in context because they're the same thing. Because it says, let the people renew their strength. And these three verses are talking about... uh, he gives power to the faint, to them that have no might. He increases strength. The youths will be faint and weary. The young men shall fail or fall. You know, most of the young people have plenty of energy, but these don't. They that wait, wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So how can you wait upon the Lord if you're never near him, if you don't wait before him, if you don't seek him? Well, see, that's the key here. And the reason Judah got in trouble, they fell away from him to begin with. Now, remember, these are all promises here. So Isaiah, first of all, we went through the Assyrian uh, threat. And they were delivered. Judah was delivered. Hezekiah was a king, good king. And uh, he had gotten a lot of reforms in. The people had repented, and God was blessing them. Okay, America, this is where you come in. You need to hear this, and you need to repent. So God can heal this land and we can get done with all this stuff and get back to business. You see, this is the way it works, okay? For all of you who are misinformed. But see, most of the nations won't pay attention to it until we get to the very last part of this. And God's going to bring in a tribulation because y'all won't listen. Now, see, I won't be there because I'm planning on being with the Lord because I've listened. Okay, see, there is a difference here. Now, this is important. You know, we see this as an example in Judah. And God dealt with Judah. What makes you think he's not going to do this with America or any other nation? God is not a, uh, a God to let nations go, and he will. He will judge them. He will use them and bring them down. So at any rate, verse 41. 
And uh, chapter 41, the Lord among the nations, captivity and deliverance. And actually, this whole thing goes through three chapters, 41 through 43. There's a lot here. Um, and when we went through chapter 40, um, you know, there was a lot said about the Lord and the reasons to believe. Why would you believe in the Lord? They had fallen away. And the prophet spends a lot of time reminding them who the Lord is. Because why do you look at Scripture, even as Christians today? The same reason people would look to Scripture or the law, to find hope and help. And see, the law wasn't there just as a system of yes and no's. It was there to bring you into the context of the holiness of God. And matter of fact, a lot of the stuff that God told them to do, especially when you get back in, in the Torah, there's health laws that even got into our medical system. I mean, you know, come on here, you know. Now, so... Chapter 40. We're done with 40. Chapter 41. And of course, you're not going to just get rid of the fact that Judah is going to be delivered from captivity, or they were in captivity. And the big thing that comes out here is the fact, you know, and even Iran talked about this. And, you know, and they said they didn't hate the Jews. They just want to destroy Jerusalem and take it over. But uh, the Ayatollah was talking about it over there. This has been a number of years ago. And he was saying, we don't hate the Jews. Matter of fact, it was Cyrus, one of our kings, who delivered, who defeated Babylon and uh, sent the Jews back to Jerusalem to build their temple and build up Jerusalem again. That's true. And uh, uh, Cyrus is known for his laws and the things that he did. He's still known to this day. And uh, from the Iranian point of view, you know, he's heralded. You know, of course, the Persian Empire was really big. And uh, uh, the Babylon Empire, of course, they thought they would never fall, and they did. And so you have Judah now, and they're working their way up. And, you know, you you think about this, that when you look at Daniel, for instance, Daniel was in captivity during this whole time. God used Daniel. And some of the greatest prophecies we have today, even about our time, about the coming Antichrist, as we call him, or the uh, son of perdition, or the beast in Revelation 13, uh, Daniel gives us a lot of insight into a lot of things, and historically everything is right on what he what he wrote about too. And he did all this while he was in captivity, but he discovered, you know, what Jeremiah had said, and he knew from reading the law that, you know, the book of Jeremiah, that uh, you know, the writings, the scroll, that uh, this judgment was done with because they had put in. You know, it was going to be 70 years. And so, you know, he was paying attention. And, you know, I appreciate, you know, a lot of this tracking that we have here in Scripture. That we can look back historically and we can see what happened. We can look in Scripture. We can read Jeremiah. We can read Daniel. And you can get so much out of it. And some of our greatest uh, verses we have is during the time that Judah went into captivity. I mean, go figure. You would think that would be the worst time. I mean, God even sent him a prophet in there in the name of Ezekiel. And, of course, Daniel really was a prophet. Uh, you know, it doesn't, in the front of the book, I don't believe it does say uh, prophet Daniel. But <laughs> Daniel was a prophet in his own right. And, and he had power with the king. And so there was some supernatural things. And then you have Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, a wonderful story there. So, so you, you look at all of this stuff. The Jews were able to live there and get by. And no matter what you say about the Jews, you know, 
the only time they ran into trouble was uh, during Hitler's time. Now, a friend that has since passed away, who was a Jewish prophet, had talked to um, some of those who had escaped out of Nazi Germany. And he also talked to the chief priest or the high priest in Jerusalem when when he was alive. And they were talking about the Holocaust. Why didn't the Jews leave? And uh, he was told that, you know, quote, we really believe that God was going to deliver us from him. Had we known that that wouldn't have happened, we would have left. Well, you see, when it comes to Christianity, we've been given our own marching orders. Revelation twelve eleven, They overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. Martyrship is connected with being a Christian, whether you like it or not. Now, for the Jew, in keeping the law, it was about trusting God and being delivered from the enemies. And um, I finished an article just yesterday, and I finished another one today, and both of them delve into some of these some of these issues. And it's interesting to look at this and and the difference there is, but yet there's a lot of similarities. Now, in Isaiah 41 and 2. This is chapter 40 and uh, verses 1 and 2. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she has received of the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. And this is this is in chapter 40 and of course all of this being from Isaiah's looking ahead and chapter 40 goes through this whole list of why the people need to understand things have changed so instead of speaking judgment he's speaking comfort and see Isaiah now has expanded beyond that now, see, for, you know, for our time here, when we look at it, the nations are going to be called to judgment. There's going to be a judgment of nations. There is going to be the, uh, <coughs> you know, the wrath of God tribulation. And there will be standing before the, the Lord and the great white throne judgment. And, you know, there's some similarities and there's things that we can look at, we can learn from. And then, and then you, you see this. Today, God is more, he's not lenient because in the end, you're not going to get away with it. But his grace, that is today, this is a time of grace, allows nations time and those in them to repent. As Peter said, God is long-suffering on this matter, not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. So there is a difference, you know, in the fact that we're in the new covenant and, and they hadn't reached it yet. And so Isaiah 41 then in verse 1. Now see, in Isaiah 40 in verse 1, it says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people. The second verse, uh, speak comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished. Her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received of the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. As a matter of fact, double for double is what uh, we find in Revelation 18 for Mystery Babylon. Double for her double. Now this one, she just received double twice. But see, Mystery Babylon, because of her sins, receives four times the judgment. <laughs> I can imagine that. So, um, keep silent before me, Isaiah 41, verse 1. O islands, and let the people renew their strength. Let them come near. Let them speak. Let us come near to judgment. And... You know, the thing of it is, is that 
and we see this. It's it, you know, when we look at the deliverance of Judah from Babylon, at the same time the Jewish people, you know, Judah was set free. Babylon was judged. <laughs> and God is good at that. He he knows how to put judgment down and he was bringing his people out. And uh so it's uh so Israel, you know, here in this, of course, they have already gone through the judgment. And the reason you need all this up front, and I and Isaiah is prophesying it, is because the people are going to read this. They're going to be, you know, have the scrolls to, to know what it says. And they should have known that they were going to go into judgment. And that God was going to make a way for them to get out after their time was up. And that God was going to judge uh, Babylon eventually. But unfortunately, by the time Jeremiah got there, they didn't want to listen to him. And uh, there was a lot of sins going on. A lot of things that were an abomination. A lot of things that God did not like and they wouldn't listen. And so, in Isaiah 41.1, let the people renew their strength, let them come near, let them speak, and let us come near together to judgment. And the prophet is talking to the whole nation the nations of the heathen world. And uh, the western islands and the coasts. I mean, at, at that time, you know, we, you know, over here in America, I think there was dinosaurs roaming around. I don't know. A few people. But, uh, It refers to everybody at that point because he's going to let everybody know. And they were to keep silent before him. And the people can regather their strength. But None of that's going to be enough to stop God from doing judgment. Now, you see, predominantly the nations were heathen. Goyim. And in the the Goyim, the heathen, which eventually became known as Gentiles, in the New Testament it's referred to as Greeks, but whenever they use the word Greeks, it, it's generally referring to uh, the Gentile, the nations. And uh, they're heathen. They're all heathen. Unless, of course, during the time of the gospel, unless they came to know the Lord. But in Habakkuk 2, 18 through 20, which is Habakkuk's a great book. Um, what profiteth the graven image that the maker thereof has graven it? the molten image, and a teacher of lies, that the maker of his work trusteth therein to make dumb idols. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm chuckling because I, for the life of me, you know, people are serious about this stuff. They have their little icons. And, you know, they, and, of course, coming out of, when Israel came out from Egypt, they had the mixed multitude and they had their icons and idols stashed away. And so this is something that goes way, way back. And uh, woe to him that says to the wood, awake to the dumb so stone, arise, it shall teach. Behold, it is laid over with gold and silver and there's no breath at all in the midst of it. Now see, that's the idol. Now, see, 
you don't dare take the gold and silver and try to go spend it. Because that's a god. Now it can't get up and walk. And if you stick a piece of gum on it, it's not going to slap you with its hand or curse you. What I'm saying is, God is challenging these heathen nations. And, and this is what Habakkuk says, But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. He's in his holy temple. He is there. If you knew <laughs> what was good for you, you would shut up. America, if you knew what good for you, you would repent and shut up. And you would get along. And you would do a lot of things. But see, God is in his temple. Oh, I thought he was out golfing somewhere. Joel says this. <laughs> and Joel just gets right after it. Joel is, is really a good book. I, I would have liked him. He, he just doesn't mess around. Uh, Joe chapter 3 verse 9. Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. There's that word, Gentiles. Of course, that's the English. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Now, this is a command. This is a command by Joe, Joel. It's a prophecy. To tell the Gentiles to wake up all your mighty men, all your warriors, and and then it's a call to all the ones who were doing the farming or the ranching or whatever they're doing. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. And if you think you're weak, just tell yourself you're strong. But you all come. Bring everything you have with you. Assemble yourselves and come, all ye heathen, and gather yourselves together round about. Thither cause thy mighty ones to come down, O Lord. And let the heathen be awakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will sit to judge all the heathen round about. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full, the vats overflow, for their wickedness is, is great. And then Joel, one of the greatest, greatest verses, I think, in prophecy concerning this kind of a judgment, which is, uh, you can look at this and you can see Armageddon, the last battle, where the Antichrist, uh, we call him the beast, or the son of perdition, who has declared himself God. He goes around, he's, he's, he's the last Gentile ruler to come up against God to try to take the world over. And he's going to bring everybody to an amazing defeat. And they're going to go around Jerusalem. They're going to be around Jerusalem. This is the center point of prophecy. And they're going to go down there, and they're going to think they're going to destroy totally Jerusalem, but they won't. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Now see, that day is coming. But see, in Joel's day, he knew what those words meant. This is a challenge. And this is the purpose of God. You're going to stand before me for your wickedness. Now you see, the difference between Israel or Judah and the rest of the heathen nation is that Judah had known God, the Lord. And they went by his name, they went by his word, they followed it until they fell away. And God said, I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to send you into captivity for 70 years, which I would just understand that to be, you know, really, seven years, that's a generation. Although we're living a lot longer. Some people have said 40 years now. It's 70, three score and 10. But that's a mute point, really. The, the bottom line of it is, is that this thing here is a challenge, that God is going to gather the nations. He's going to bring them together. They are going to be judged for their sins. And you can bring all your mighty men. You can bring whatever weapons you have. Now, today, we don't have swords. Bring your armaments. Bring your tanks. Bring your rockets. You know, China just uh, did a big rocket that everybody's talking about. And they're talking about a space force. You see, now see... 
Biden and his uh, knuckleheads that got in, you know, decried the Space Force that Trump did. And Trump uh, saw that you needed a Space Force because he knew what China was going to do. I mean, anybody that has any sense will know that China is not a friend. And uh, I can tell you, my dad's generation knew that China wasn't a friend, only in this modern nation. Now, see, let me give you an example of this. See, here in America today, we have a lineup of people at the port over here in California. Now, of course, California is staunchly radicalized. And they've got things that are blocking everything up. So they will use that for whatever purpose they think they can get out of it. Now, DeSantis, on the other hand, over in Florida, has spoken up and says, Hey, our parts, uh, ports are open. Come over here. And so you got a few other issues. But you see, the thing of it is, is that in this thing here, we have judgment. We have troubles. But see, God is going to hold every nation accountable. So the bottom line of it is, in the first two verses here, keep silent. There's a challenge. O islands, let the people renew their strength. Let them come near. Let them speak. Let us come together to judgment. Then verse 2, who raised up the righteous man? In the Hebrew, it doesn't say man. Who raised up the righteous is, is what the Hebrew really delineates. From the east, called him to his foot and gave the nations before him and made him rule over kings. He gave them as a dust to his sword, as driven stubble to his bow. Now, he's talking about Cyrus here. And, and he will bring it out by the time he gets uh, to chapter 44. Now, in chapter 44, 26 through 28, it says this, That confirmeth the word of his servant, and performeth the counsel of his messengers, that saith to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be inhabited, and to the cities of Judah you shall be built, and I will raise up the decayed places thereof, that saith to the deep, Be dry, and I will dry up thy rivers, that saith of Cyrus, He is my shepherd, and shall perform all my pleasure, even saying to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be built unto the temple, thy foundation shall be laid. Now see, this is the Lord speaking the word, and, and of course Isaiah is telling this ahead of time, Jerusalem, you're going to be built. Now, see, it can't be built if they're in Babylon. They can't, you know, it can't be built if, if you got a priest and he's in captivity. You know, matter of fact, when they start going back, Ezra the priest will be very, very much the one that will train and make sure the children of Judah really understand uh, how to do the law. I mean, they've been a long ways away from it. They haven't been near the temple, so they have to be retrained. But see, here it tells you that God is going to use Cyrus. And in Isaiah 45, 13, I have raised him up in righteousness, and I will direct all of his ways. He shall build my city. He shall let go my cap captives, not for price or reward, saith the Lord of hosts. Now see, what God can do that? Now, see, when you look at Israel over there, <laughs> you, you were in the New Covenant, but yeah, as Paul says, he delineates this real good in Romans 11 when talking about Israel. God is not finished with Israel. See, this is, this is a God that raised up one of the mighty Gentile rulers by the name of Cyrus. And he did exactly God's planning. You know, the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord. Look that one up. Because God's will works. Now, go to your dumb idols. 
tell them they need to prove themselves. Now, see, there is going to be a power of darkness. The time of the night, we're, we're in that right now, but it's not full. There's going to be a dark one that will bring in a dark agenda. And it'll be horrific. It'll be one of the worst times on the face of the earth that we've ever had. So there is a time when darkness does manifest in its fullness. It's allowed to do that. Now, if you look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul warns about this and calls him the son of perdition because he's the destroyer. Now, in Revelation 18, we have the beast, which tells you his root, the beast, the dragon, Satan. So we know one's source. The name identifies the source. And the one in Thessalonians tells you that he is going to lead people into perdition. He's a destroyer. How does he do that? Through deception. Why does that happen? Because they've rejected the love of the truth, which is the gospel. For God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. So all that's going to happen. So if you've got time here on the earth right now where people seem to be falling away, people, of course, are getting saved, but you have this turmoil, you have this darkness, you have this confusion, and this is where the devil likes to work. But see, when God works, he simply calls Cyrus over, and he's prepared him way ahead of time. This guy already knows what he's going to do. And he's going to go, and he's going to defeat Babylon. He's going to be successful. And he's going to get the Jews out of there, as many as that will go. Get back to Jerusalem, rebuild your city, get your temple. And they, they did have a lot of, they did have opposition. They had trouble. But they did get it done. So this is this is a restoration. You know, these these chapters are restoration at the end of the the long captivity, you know. You're tired. You're tired of being Babylon. You're tired of not being like it used to be. And you know, people today are tired of America, some of them. And they want to change America, go somewhere else, do something else. Well, when you try a new system in this country, it's going to be the worst you've ever seen. And you're going to miss the old America, but it'll be too late. Now, see, the children of Israel, they were sent into captivity for 70 years, because at the end of 70 years, I'll tell you, they were ready to leave Babylon, some of them, and go back to Jerusalem, because, frankly... There were some Jews that uh, did okay eventually in Jerusalem. I mean, in um, Persia. Uh, no, Babylon, excuse me. And well, it became Persia. So, And this is, this is a lesson. And verse 3, it says, He pursued them. And passed safely, even by the way that he had not gone with his feet. Now, I found this interesting. Albert Brooks brings out a point about this. He said that Cyrus had passed his early years on the east of the Euphrates. On the east of the Euphrates. Now, see, remember, there's a prophecy. And when we look at Revelation and the end time of the beast. Euphrates is going to dry up to make way for the armies of the east. And there is going to be a lot of people die when the armies of the east move. They're heading to Jerusalem. So it's interesting that we have Euphrates mentioned by Albert Brooks. And so he was on the east side of the Euphrates. He didn't get a chance to see on the other side. 
But the thing of it is, is in his conquest, though, he crossed the river and he extended his reach. He wouldn't have normally done that. He, you know, it really wasn't what he was doing, but he went beyond the river. And he went so far as the western extremity of Asia, even to Egypt and the Red Sea. And, and the whole idea was he'd never traveled those regions before until he did it for the idea to conquest, to, you know, defeat countries and nations. And so the call of God, the purposes, and bringing Cyrus out even had consequences for the other nations because, and God takes into account all of those nations. Because I can tell you, Cyrus was feared because his army, I mean, it was defeating people. Matter of fact, <laughs> when we look at Trump, Israel over there referred to him. Some of the some of the people studying prophecy referred to him as a Cyrus because of some of the things he did for Israel. And there's no doubt, Cyrus, a Persian, did something for the Jews. Now, it's kind of funny because today the Jew, the Persians, meaning uh, Iran, <laughs> they want to get nukes and destroy Israel. They hate Israel. And Iran is one of the terrorist states. They support terrorism, radical Islam all the way. And the reason they're doing that is because they want to bring in the Mahdi, which is not unusual for them. And then when you get up to Erdogan, he wants to bring in the caliphate. So the Muslims all over the world are being stirred to create this worldwide global caliphate. One side has a caliphate, the other one has the Mahdi who comes back and conquers the world. And of course, with Biden now treating what he did with... Uh, the Taliban, he left them, I forgot, $80 million or $80 billion worth of airplanes and helicopters, some of our finest stuff. He, he, he just left that air base there, uh, one of the top air bases in, in the entire world uh, from a scientific uh, intelligence and uh, marvel. And guess what? He just left it. And China's going to take it over. And so... The Taliban now and ISIS and every radicalized Muslim and Muslim nation is going to see that as a sign that it's time for the Mahdi army to move. And you just watch this. And that's what happens when you play politics and you put someone in there that doesn't have no idea what he's doing. None of them people up there do, and they have no clue and and this is why Paul even says, you know, we are not in darkness like they are. Now, see, the Jews that were in Babylon that had kept up reading and got a hold of a, of a copy of what Isaiah said, they would know. They would have known way in advance what was coming. Daniel was looking in that book because deep inside he knew that God would put the answer in there. And see, we as Christians know today what's coming. And, and so when you're listening to all this stuff going on around the world, understand one thing. It doesn't matter. There's one thing that matters is everything is going to come down to what God has declared at the ending. Period. Now, see, when you look at the dumb idols, I mean, and, and this is the sad part. There's, you know, modern civilized nations that follow idols, even religions. And they have millions 
of adherence that absolutely 100% believe in those. They have little gods, golden gods, big gods, small gods. But see, on the day of judgment, it ain't going to be worth a hill of beans. Nothing is going to help. And this is why the other thing that has to go out, and this gospel shall be preached in all the world, and then the end shall come. Now, there's going to be a lot of witnesses, by the way. And there's two angels that are coming, and they are going to be a final witness, and they are going to be there during the whole, during a certain portion of this coming. And they're going to be very, very important, and they will be demonstrating the power of God, and they'll be telling the world what the truth is, but the world won't want to listen. See, and, and this is the battle, light and darkness. And see, Israel, when they fell away, when Judah fell away from the Lord, darkness was able to enter in, and you had politics, you had people that got elected that wanted to lead the nation away from the truth. Look at Ahaz and Jezebel serving Baal. And then, of course, you have the fight of the prophets of Baal, and you have Elijah fleeing. He gets in the cave, and God looks at him and says, What are you doing here? <laughs> Well, he thought he was the only one left, and God told him that I have 7,000 left that have not bowed the knee to Baal or touched him. And so in these end of days, you never know. You might think you know that you know everybody's going to hell. You know, there's not a church that's ready, but I got news for you. I've proven this a long time ago in our shows, and that is that no matter how bad a church is, you can look inside, and, and I can guarantee you there's a spark in there somewhere. So God has a way to wake up people. He has a way to bring the nations together. Isaiah 41.4, Who has wrought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first, the first and with the last, I am he. See, there's not a heathen idol anywhere. Or any of their popular holy men that has ever done this. The Lord God and our Father, who gave us of his only begotten Son. He is the governor of the nations. Now, he has given all power and authority to Yahshua, Jesus. And in Revelation 12, he calls himself the Almighty. Revelation, the first chapter. In Isaiah 44, 6 through 8, we've been taking some verses out of that. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, I am the last, besides me there is no God. The, these verses I really, really like. And who, as I, shall call and shall declare it, and set it in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people, and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show unto them. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it? You are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yeah, yea, there is no God. I know not any. I love that verse. Uh, those verses there. There is a king of Israel. That king of Israel is also our king. And through Christ, Yahshua, God has united not only both houses, but has united the promise to bring in the heathen nation, which is us Gentiles. We're, we, we pretty much were the heathen. Now, Israel can become heathen. But see, Israel has had that word, the law, drilled into their hearts. And you take the Jews, and they've been away from their home. They've had a lot of stuff, but they always keep their feasts. They always keep their Passovers, etc. You know, they know, and they they get into the law. Now, of course, there's secular Jews. But the bottom line of it is, is that there's no other nation that people hate so much as the Jews. 
And if you look around the world today, people hate Christians too, and they're killing them by the bucket load. But see, the Lord told us all this. He said these things are going to happen. And when we read Revelation, it tells us. When we get into Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, he tells us. The apostles explain persecution. We know this stuff, folks. We shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised when we've seen America go down the toilet for a long time. We shouldn't be surprised when we see what they're teaching our kids. When the pastors are so busy and the churches are so busy preaching prosperity instead of holiness, preaching their own brand of whatever gospel they have when it's not the true gospel. We should be the salt of the earth. Had we been the salt of the earth in America, America wouldn't be in the problem today. And had Judah woke up, that it never had to go into captivity. But that's a whole other deal because God knew it ahead of time. That's exactly what they would do. God also knew that America would do this. I was told so long ago, the first time I mentioned to anybody what I was told. I told Tower. Back in the 70s. And the Lord spoke to me and said that America, as you know, it shall cease to exist. And I had a series of visions and dreams there. I don't preach about them. I don't talk about it. I don't tell anybody. Not many. But I've known it all that time. And we've been preaching, warning America in these last days about what is to come. So when I see these things go down, and when I see this, I've already known it. But it doesn't take away the pain. And I can tell you that with Israel, there was a pain. Judah, there was a pain. There was a pain for the prophet, personal. You know, and even as a prophet, it, it was hard. Because the nation was going to be judged and taken away. That's what they, why the prophet always says the burden of the Lord. You'll read, the burden of the Lord, the burden of the Lord is these. This is why when, uh, when you look at John the Revelator and they give him uh, a vision and he says you need to eat this little book and it'll be like honey in your mouth but when it gets into your belly it'll be bitter. That is exactly what we're talking about. Because when God speaks to you, when you get a word, it, it, is, it is like honey. It's sweet. God's talking to you, the king of the universe. He's let you know something. And then once it gets into you, there is the sour in your stomach, your spirit, because you realize that that word is judgment. And you've got to speak that judgment. You've got to tell that judgment. And people won't want to hear that judgment. And I'm telling you, America, your judgment is at hand. You had got to wake up. In your churches you need to wake up. Because the people that conquer you are not going to be nice. Some of them are here already. And when we look at Israel, we're looking at the point where God is saying, okay, now I'm going to heal you. Now I'm going to bring you up. My wrath has ended. You have finished your sentence. Come unto me, I'm going to heal you. And when, it, folks, it's so important for you to get this. When you're chastised by God, when you go through tough times, when, when Israel went through judgment, everything, when you see judgment, it's redemptive. That's up to the point to where you leave this old earth and you haven't done anything to repent. Then you're going to find out that it's really bad for you. Revelation twenty two, twelve through thirteen. Behold I came quick I come quickly. My reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And you can find some of those same words in the Old Testament. Acts seventeen. 
In Acts 17, Paul gives the famous sermon at Mars Hill. In verse 23, he says, For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship. Him I declare unto you. I represent him, Paul says. He goes on to say, God that made the world and all the things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwells not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything. Seeth he give life, seeing he giveth life to, to all life and breath and things. Our God is alive. Our God is true. And when this God declares judgment, you better not laugh. James says it right. Weep and howl. For believers, get on your knees and seek him and fast and pray. God, forgive me. God, forgive this nation. God, heal us. In your judgment, remember mercy, lest we come to nothing when you're done. God can destroy this nation to where there's nothing at all left. Nothing. Not a trace. When I hear someone tell me, well, I don't believe in God, I have one answer. Don't worry, you will. That's judgment, folks. But see, remember here, we're on that little place where Israel is done. <laughs> Thank God it's over. We're waiting for Cyrus. And when he attacks Babylon and takes it over, he's going to set us free. I mean... Come judgment, come. <laughs> I'd have been standing on the walls. Over here, boys. Oh, dear God in heaven, and God set them free. So make no mistake. America, you repent. God can take care of it. Father, thank you for your mercy. Bless this word to those that hear it whenever they do. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. Amen. Okay, Tower. Okay. Kind of noisy. Oh, yeah, you are noisy, man. I thought an earthquake was going on. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks, but she was... Noisy. Yeah. It does get that way. Well, we're going to have to get out of here. Okay. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. We love you, and we pray for you, and hope the best for you. Pray for your brethren around the world. And may God make his face to shine upon you. Good night. Don't forget to go by warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Read the articles, listen to the show, share them with your friends and neighbors. And when you hear us on one of the places where we are at, Spreaker or any of the others, including our own websites, uh, you know, give us a comment, give us a thumbs up. Until next time, shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.